Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Leaner podcast on a mission to inspire a world where food makes us better. Today, guys, is a very interesting episode. Like, I'm so excited to share with you this information for me because it's fascinating and you'll understand why. Um, today, we are talking about things that are on the program for week number two of my new upcoming food and lifestyle school. That's going to be um, Zoom classes, weekly Zoom classes, where we're going to learn the theory, talk to each other. I'm going to answer all of your questions. We're going to get our assignments. Um, each week, we're going to have uh, our action steps, our assignments to work through, and I'm going to be available in our group chat to answer all of your questions, to help you to troubleshoot what's not working. To There are also going to be other people that will support you. We're going to be supporting each other through this this journey of improving our um, lifestyle habits, our eating habits. This whole course, guys, is basically the school is about uh, doing what we know uh, is good for us. And finally, also realizing what does work for us and what doesn't. Like in all this sea of information about diets and healthy eating and healthy living and sleep and fasting and uh, carbohydrates and fats and, uh, you know, calories and different weight loss stretches in all this sea of information, like how to choose the right thing for you, for you, for life, not, you know, like till New Year, till Christmas party to get into your favorite suit or dress, but for the rest of your life to feel like you're in your best shape mentally, physically, emotionally, and it's easy for you to support this. So this is the whole point of this nine-week journey that starts on November 1st on Sunday, and you can still sign up. It's, uh, you know, you don't need to be anywhere. It's going to be done online through our computer, but it's going to be very engaging. The best thing since sliced bread or something like that. Anyhow, guys, so today we are talking about uh, some of the information, uh, some um, of the practices that we, uh, that I'm going to be covering in the week number two of food and lifestyle school. So uh, number one, we'll be talking about fasting and meal timing. And there are a few most important um, aspects that you really want to start practicing daily. Um, if you don't, it's proven that you're going to have negative health consequences. So for example, when it comes to fasting, you know, you probably heard if you're listening to this podcast, you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know what intermittent fasting is, or at least you have an idea that um, not eating for, you know, several hours more than most people do these days, you know, snacking all the time, then it's probably beneficial for your health. And it might help you with your weight loss, you know, um, depending on what you do, the rest of the time when you're not fasting. But anyhow, the concept of intermittent fasting, there are many ways you can approach it. You can do that. The But one thing that you can't skip as a human being to maintain your um, 
the health of your gut, the health of your digestive system, we got to fast for at least 12 hours a day. For at least, I mean, we got to do it every single day, 12 hours. And what you do on top of that, um, you know, you can choose, you can experiment, you can try things out, you can fast for 16 hours, for 18 hours, for 14 hours, but 12 hours seems to be a non-negotiable thing, meaning that if you uh, fast less than 12 hours a day, you know, sleep including, of course, then uh, it seems from all the evidence that your uh, digestive health, your gut health will suffer, and so will the rest of your um, health aspect. So 12 hours a day. What does it mean? It means, for example, if you finish your dinner by 7 p.m., then your breakfast should not be earlier than 7 a.m. And that's really easy to do. Like, if you can't fast for 12 hours overnight, I don't you think it's too much to be eating all the freaking time? And maybe you can't fast for those 12 hours because you aren't eating uh, enough nutritious foods and healthy, balanced meals during the day. That's what happens to a lot of people I worked with. Uh, people just, you know, eat all these weird food combinations that are not balanced, that do not provide all the nutrients that our body and our brain needs, and then they just hungry all the time. And that's why it seems so hard to fast. When you start eating the right thing in the right amounts for your body, uh, it's going to be easier for you to fast. Like, for example, right now I'm fasting for... Uh, today I'm fasting finishing my 40-hour fast. And I'm almost done with that in just a couple of hours. And I'm not hungry, believe it or not. Because on other days, I eat more than plenty of nutritious, delicious foods. And so my body and brain are not freaking out about not having food for a while. Because I know that the food is coming uh, just a little bit later, and I have a lot of reserve. So anyhow, guys, 12 hours of fasting, it's really nothing. Except for the occasions, for, you know, those instances when your metabolism is not working properly. And so maybe your body is not able to maintain a healthy, stable blood sugar without um, constantly eating something. But that's not the norm. That's the anomaly for your body. And you need to gradually fix it so you can actually fast. Um, that's a journey, but 12 hours, guys, no less than that. And if you're someone who says, well, I got to leave home early, like 6 a.m. or something to commute, and then I come back from work um, at like 7 or 8, so I can't really do, you know, the fasting, 12-hour fast. Yes, you can. You can prepare, for example, your breakfast uh, to go with you, and then you can eat at work or on the go. I know it's not ideal, but your gut health, your overall health, is worth it. And so this kind of thing we're going to be discussing in the week number two, how to actually do this fasting in your situation, you know, practically, what can you do? We're going to brainstorm ideas, we're going to help you to get to that point. You're going to get the best advice from me personally. So it's not just the course that you watch. No, it's actually a very interactive thing where you're going to engage with other people and with me personally. Then when it comes to breakfast and, for example, dinner, you know, lunch, people kind of understand that if you decide to have three meals a day, then people understand that lunch is somewhere in between breakfast and dinner, but people have troubles figuring out what's the best time for eating breakfast or and dinner. Let's start with the easy one, dinner. Um, the best time to have your dinner, for most people, is about 
three hours before bed. So your body has enough time to digest all the food. So when you are sleeping, you aren't digesting food actively, but you are recovering and restoring different systems and uh, starting to use your own fats for fuel and bringing, you know, your uh, insulin insulin and blood sugar levels back to where they're supposed to be. There are many things going on um, that needs to be happening during the night when it comes to your physical, mental recovery. And they aren't going to be happening effectively if you eat just before going to bed because your digestive system is still going to be working on things. And that's not when your body can detox and recover and do all this, you know, the brain can like flush out all the toxins and byproducts of metabolism. So there are many things that that, um, aren't happening if you eat right before bed. Uh, Even an hour is not enough if it's, you know, good full meal, like with protein, with fiber, with fats. It takes some time for our body to digest that. So three hours seems to be um, ideal for a bigger meal. If it's something, you know, like maybe some fruit or um, maybe a cup of yogurt, uh, that might be a different thing. Um, You might get away with having it like an hour before bed. But again, it all works if you still get to fast for 12 hours. But something like a heavy meal or just full balanced, you know, good-sized meal three hours before bed that um, the best the best kind of timing. So you're not hungry to go to bed uh, and also you give your body and your brain the chance to recover properly for the day ahead. So when it comes to dinner, again, uh, good, full, balanced dinner three hours before bed, that's the good time. For your breakfast, Now, what you want to understand is that breakfast might be, like the early, I mean, early eating might be important if you have a lot of things going on in the morning and you know that not having anything um, food-wise affects your mental or physical or both performance and you need that to perform at your best, right? Like, for example, if at 11 a.m. you have a very important presentation, then most probably, unless you are really into fasting, you've been doing it for a while and you know, you know, how you function the best, most probably you need fuel for that presentation so you are at your best. And so um, that means that breakfast might be important, like earlier breakfast might be important for you. Or if you have, maybe you're a professional athlete or you just want to really improve your performance athletically during your work workout and your workout is in the morning. You might benefit from a pre-workout shake or breakfast depending on what time you have and whether you have you know time to digest that breakfast before you work out. But no doubt, guys, your best performance is not on an empty stomach. That is, there is no doubt about it. On an empty stomach, your body can endure, but your body cannot be at ease best, Um, especially if it's a workout where you push your limits. Like it's hard for your body to push its limits when you have nothing in your stomach and you've been fasting for like, I don't know, 12 hours or so. Um, So for that reason, you know, breakfast, like to help you with mental and physical performance might be important. Um, 
But then again, if you've been fasting for quite a while and you don't have anything specifically challenging on that day, then breakfast before that might not be that important. Like I usually have my food at like first time at 12 p.m. Um, and it doesn't seem to affect my performance much unless I have a very important thing that I have in the morning. And for that, even I would have breakfast. Uh, another thing you want you to uh, kind of consider is that our digestive system is most active midday. So somewhere between 12 and 3 p.m., that's where our digestive system is at its best. So whatever you eat, your body going to digest it, absorb it, so much more effectively than at any other time. Like your digestive system, your digestive tract is at its best during those midday hours. So ideally you want to have the biggest, the most nutritious meal of the day at those hours. And it might be breakfast, it might be your lunch, it might be your dinner. You know, I don't know when you have your food. But that's when I recommend based on how our physiology works to have the biggest meal, the most nutritious meal of the day. And if it's after your workout, you know, or um, after some effort uh, that you need to kind of like recover after, that's a perfect timing, you know, you do the work and you have this nutritious meal and you're going to be recovering so much better and faster. Um, so Whenever, whenever you decide to have your breakfast first meal of the day, uh, just remember that in those hours between 12 and 3 is where when your digestive system is at its best. And usually when your body uh, can use that fuel, that nutrition most effectively and efficiently, you're going to fuel the rest of your day, uh, you're going to fuel... Um, you're going to recover from whatever you did in the morning and your eating habits, your metabolism, your hunger levels, your fullness will be like so much better if you eat your most nutritious meal at this time. And um, it has the least uh, possibility to be stored as fat. I mean, unless, you know, you eat a lot of junk, but that's not what I what I'm talking about here. Uh, so you can actually use that that fuel that you eat midday for so many purposes. Whereas if you have your heaviest meal of the day um, closer to bedtime, well, it's it's good, still good for recovery, but basically your whole day you went you went without um, having proper nutrition, and also your digestive system is not at its best at that time, like later dinner. So that's why um, whatever hours you decide to eat, like midday is a great time to have the biggest, most nutritious meal of the day. And the rest is kind of flexible, but do consider your workouts, your performance, what you have going on in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. All of these things, guys, also, we will be talking in our school starting November First, specifically, we're going to be covering this in week number two. It's individual and unique, the meal timing and fasting, but also there are some things that are kind of universal, like 12-hour fasting or that our digestive system is at its best midday. Um, that's where you probably want to schedule your biggest, most nutritious meal. So uh, those things are universal, but there are a lot of um, unique variations. And I'll help you to work 
through those unique variations so you figure out the best way for you to eat. And um, last but not least, I wanted to share with you something that I'm very excited about. It's the psychology of eating, or basically how we humans are wired and how certain eating behaviors, they are installed in us, ingrained in us, and how we can use that knowledge, how our brain and psychology works, to improve our eating habits instead of our worst habits controlling us without us understanding, like, why is it so hard to stick with, you know, eating certain things or not eating certain things. Uh, Maybe you are working against your psychology, your own brain, uh, how we are wired. And so let's talk a little bit about that. For example, did you know that the size of the package that you choose to eat your food from will define um, how much you eat? So they did those experiments, for example. It's not just about the package. It's also about the bowl, a plate, um, whatever, you know, you are eating from. So they did these experiments when they gave people bottomless bowls of soup, basically uh, this uh, there was soup in a bowl and there was a cord and the soup was flowing continuously into that bowl, uh, but people didn't know that. They thought they were a part of some other experiment and they were just supposed to eat that soup till they're full and then um, answer some questions. And so the thing was that when people had that bottomless bowl of soup, they ate, uh, I actually forgot the exact number, but they ate somewhere about like 50 to 75% more of that soup compared to people who were given regular bowl of soup with the bottom and, you know, the the amount of soup that could fit into that bowl. Uh, But people who ate 50-75% more of that soup, they didn't really notice the difference. Like, people who ate regular portion and this bottomless uh, bowl of soup, they felt the same. Like, uh, they thought that they ate the exact amount that was in that bowl. And... They, the researchers did a lot of other experiments. And what they conclude concluded is that we eat by volume, not by calories uh, that is really hard for our body and our brain to evaluate. We eat by volume. And the bigger the volume we are given, like if we get a big package of, let's say, nuts, or if we get a big bowl of um uh, what else? Like a popcorn. The bigger the bowl, the bigger the package. We're not going to necessarily eat the whole thing, but we, all the time, we eat more from a bigger package. So how you can use it? So if there are some items that you'd like to eat less of, maybe buy a smaller package. Like, uh, look, look at the different items you buy. I understand that buying in bulk might be cheaper, But what's more important to you, your own health, your eating habits that serve you, or, uh, you know, a few cents that you save? We people, we eat more from bigger packages. We kind of by default assume that the size of the package is the serving size. And that works for kids too. If you give your kid uh, a couple of cookies and a Ziploc bag, and you just give them that one bag, 
They assume, kids assume, that this is the whole thing, you know, this is the serving size, and after that, they're done. They're not going to ask you for more. But if you give them a bag with a lot of cookies and tell them to eat just two, kids will eat more and will ask you for more after, because for them, they also, they see this big, big bag, and for them, this is the serving size. And not eating all of them or not more than two cookies for them it's really frustrating and so the same for adults the bigger the package the more we eat we assume that one package no matter how big it's the serving size so use it for good you know buy big bags of vegetables and assume that is your serving size and i'm not even joking here use it for good but for things that you'd like to eat less of Please do use smaller packages. If you like to have, you know, chips once in a while, buy smaller packages. Or when you buy them, put them in separate containers um, so you know what your serving size is. That works too, by the way, guys. Um, what else? Tall glasses. If you'd like to maybe drink less of something. Maybe you like your juice and you don't want to necessarily say no to all the fresh or maybe green juices you want, but you'd like to drink less juice and eat more whole fruit, for example. What you can do is use taller glasses that our brain thinks have more liquid in them than if we take, for example, a wide uh, bottom glass, like the one for maybe whiskey or something like that. Um, our brain always thinks, like perceives taller um, dishware, like tall glass, containing more. So if you want to seemingly have more and be more satisfied with smaller amount, use taller glasses for the liquids that you'd like to uh, limit. The same goes for any kinds of alcoholic be alcoholic beverages. If you'd like to start drinking less, choose taller uh, glasses, and you'll think your brain thinks that there is more. Um, what else? Um, the, the last one that we're going to talk about today, there are going to be so many more in our school. Variety of things increases our appetite for that thing. So, example, if on a plate you have a variety variety of different nuts, and on the other plate you're going to have, let's say, only cashews or only almonds, you're going to eat more from the plate where there is more variety. So maybe there are almonds, cashews, pistachios, uh, I don't know, pecans, macadamia. So you're going to be more hungry for or hungrier for that other bowl that contains lots of variety compared to the bowl where there is only one kind. The same goes for vegetables. If you create, you know, this variety of colorful vegetables, maybe some Brussels sprouts, maybe some um, bell peppers, this red popping color, maybe some baby corn, um, maybe some purple uh, cauliflower, you know, this variety, this also, by the way, works for kids. So if you have this variety of different colors and textures, maybe there are some um, I don't know, chickpea chips there, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be more hungrier, you're going to be hungrier, much hungrier for that bowl of variety compared to, let's say, imagine a plate of just plain broccoli. So what's more appetizing, this bowl with 
bell peppers and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and purple cauliflower and maybe some chickpea uh, peas, maybe some sesame seeds there. That variety or just broccoli. Plain, maybe grilled, maybe steamed broccoli. Even when you think about it and imagine it in your head, you're probably salivating more for that bowl of variety of different veggies. And so that's how you want to make yourself hungrier for the healthy stuff. But when it comes to things like ice cream or chocolate or cookies, do not buy variety packs. Just if you'd like to have ice cream sometime, buy one single serving package or a lot of them, because for your brain, it's still a signal that if you buy, for example, tells 10 small cups of ice cream, individual cups, compared to a whole you know, bucket. So from the bucket, you're going to eat more compared to a single serving cups. So buy a lot of single serving cups and buy the same kind. Because if there is variety, your brain will, will be more excited and you'll be more hungry. Whereas if there is only one kind, there is such a thing as um, satiety overload or basically when we eat the same kind of thing we lose appetite for that thing faster than if we eat different things so if you decide for example to eat french fries and ice cream you're gonna eat more more of both but if you can eat only french fries or only ice cream of one kind you're gonna eat less and that's also proven by uh, behavioral psychologists who study eating behavior of humans so again how you can use it variety think for good is you can add more variety and excitement into the things like veggies that you'd like to eat more of and use less variety in the things that you'd like to eat less off. So also, if you, for example, you have kids at home and you want to have some candies for them, but you want them to eat less, buy one kind, just one kind, one kind of candy. Believe me, your kids and yourself are going to eat less of them. The same goes for anything, guys. More variety for the things you want to eat more of, like veggies or fruit or nuts and seeds, whatever that might be, and less variety for the things that you, that you want to eat less of. So don't buy a lot of different chips. Buy just one kind. Don't buy a lot of different candies. Just buy one, one kind if you do decide to have them in the house. I recommend not to, for, especially for the vulnerable moments or stages when you're trying to eat less of that. But anyhow, use that trick to eat more of good stuff and less of not so good stuff. Um, and that we will also be discussing in more details, uh, many more tricks um, in our online school, food and lifestyle school. So again, it's going to be a lot of practice. It's going to be a lot of fascinating stuff you've never heard about, but that you can use today, like this variety thing, to improve your eating habits and making them much, much easier. But we're also going to uh, practice lifestyle and different exercise programs. Uh, so it's going to be really fascinating. So email me, Angela, to create yourself that today and sign up. And um, I'll be looking forward to meeting you on November 1st. Sign up early because I'm going to close the signups as soon as I get all the people. So email me. You can find email in the show notes. Uh, but again, guys, let, in any case, uh, let's recap, guys, what you learned today. 
12-hour fasting is non-negotiable if you're interested in uh, your health. Uh, breakfast uh, depends, you know, see what your schedule looks like when you need your breakfast to function at your best. Your peak digestive time is between 12 and 3 p.m., somewhere in that range. So try to get your the most nutrients at that time, the heaviest, the most nutritious meal. And then dinner, three hours before bed is a good time for to have your dinner. And then uh, use variety for good, um, may create more variety for foods that you'd like to eat more of, like veggies, and less variety for the things that you'd like to eat less of, like maybe uh, candy or cookies or ice cream. And remember that bigger packages will make you eat more. We assume that the package is the serving size, no matter how big that package is. We eat by volume, also not by calories. So more volumetic things in your diet uh, with more nutrition, like again, veggies and fruit, you know, a lot of fiber, a lot of water. So use it. I don't forget to share this episode with one another person to chat about it, to maybe uh, create together some experiments to try it out, maybe on your kids, maybe listen to this podcast with your spouse and create some experiments to test on your kids on their eating habits and see how magically it works. (laughs) Uh, So that's the idea for you. And guys, Thank you for tuning in. I uh, really love our chats and spending time talking um, to you. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot just talk with you right when I'm uh, recording this podcast. But anyhow, thank you for being there on the other side of my microphone. Thank you for tuning in. And as usual, guys, till next time, eat better daily.